Teachers are so important. Like, they actually are. Care about it and, like, actually try. I believe it is a beautiful piece of art. Welcome along to See Me After Class for 2020. This is a podcast that emanates from a beautiful school in the southern Alps of New Zealand. Now, let's meet the team. And here is Cathy, a parent who aspires to make connections in a community to build a successful future. This is Chris, who aspires to be an agitator who tests the boundaries just to see how the system reacts. And this is Anna, a silent observer who's a go-between between the students and the teachers in a classroom. This is Renee, who aspires to forge a progressive and creative path. And together, we are See Me After Class. So, Renee, welcome back to See Me After Class, and it's a new year. How are you? I'm so good, Chris. I'm, I have to confess, I'm pleased to be back. How oh. are you? Oh, that's great. I mean, I know we promised we would say when we finished our last episode that the holidays went so fast, I don't know where they went, but... They just vanished, they, let's be real. They, they always do. I do. I did the reading that I Yay. had promised I'd do. I have. I feel so happy about that. Good. I think it took quite a long time to decompress from the year. I mm. think I think there was a um, particularly long process, but maybe our sort of summer didn't hit until into January. And mm. I think wonder sometimes I think the change in weather is what does it for me. So that <laughs> signals was signals your decompression coming yeah. to an end. Maybe how was your summer? So great. I um I actually got out of here very swiftly at the end of the year. And at six a.m. the day after school finished, I was on a plane to Bali. I haven't even asked about <laughs> Bali. So how was Bali? Uh, we had such a great time. So my husband and I went together, and um, we hired a motorcycle, and, and Will drove us around the island, and we just sort of stopped where we wanted to stop and stayed where we felt like staying and hit the off the beaten track a wee bit and it was a fantastic brilliant people brilliant food lots of beach time it was oh, wonderful great so mm. that was decompression it was decompression at high pace i had no <laughs> choice but to switch off <laughs> I love it and i think that was really good for me i yeah. enjoyed that process yeah great yeah. and then you were back to wanaka for the rest so i was yeah we both spent our some uh, the bulk of our summer in wanaka we did good. yeah beautiful place to be in the summer isn't it absolutely i you, had good lake time this nice this time around especially once that hot weather kicked in after mm. january yeah that's awesome yeah and here we are back week one term one 2020 and it's you and me together again one of the things that we talked about last year but definitely you'll have heard in the intro is there's more of us yes and we're a group of four now it's me renee and it's kathy who's coming in as role of parent and anna who we introduced last year as a a learning support person and we're going to share this podcast this year and come at the topics from all of our different perspectives it's going to be good yeah it's going to make for some really interesting conversations i think because we've all got different viewpoints and different experiences that we bring to it we thought we should talk about resolutions like what have what are we starting this year with that 
hopefully incorporate some things we learnt from ourselves last year. I have to say having this podcast to refer back to gives us a fairly undeniable narrative of how things went for us last year. And I think there were things when they got difficult that we could have done for ourselves mm. to have improved mm. the situation. Mm. So what are your thoughts about the year? How, yeah. how, how are you seeing it? Well, Chris, I'm introducing a new, uh, I, well, it's not a segment, but it's going to be a thing you're going to hear a bit about this year. <laughs> and Chris very accurately called it Renee's Rules before we came on on to talk to you guys today. And um, I'm really trying hard this year to set some rules for myself around my work life and my other life. And I want to make sure that I stick to those rules. Um, so the first one, I've got one already. Rule number one. See, I haven't heard the rules yet. I'm quite excited about this. This is only the first one, and it's as far as I've gotten this week. Mm. And I will uncover them as I go. But my first one is if I'm here at school until 5 p.m. at night, I'm going to leave my laptop behind. Wow. And I've done it this week. There was there was an evening where I was here until about quarter past five and I left my laptop closed away, locked away. And that's rule number one. Wow. Well, I will be impressed and a little <laughs> surprised if you manage to stick to that rule. But you come in early though. So does yes, that mean... Do. Let's, well, get, let's get into the details. Sometimes you've been in before yep, me this Actually, week. I've been here before you every day this yeah. week. But this is a big week. I'm a dean now of a house and of course mm. there's so much to set up with that i mean I, I shamefully have to say that i went to bed at quarter to one last night i finished work then i was working on ivan's computer because this is bigger than mine and the but i mean there's so much happening i can't even imagine stopping at five o'clock but if you're managing to do that that is awesome wow that's at the moment i am yeah and, and you know i mean it sort of should be how it is if you arrive at work at 8 30 in the morning finish five five thirty, then that's a good mm. day's work mm. well I'd, I'll, I'll, three cheers to you for setting such an ambitious rule you know the first one we'll see how it goes i'm i'm hopeful because i do like to come in a little bit earlier especially when i when when my workload starts to increase because i'm definitely more productive in the morning i'm hoping i can um can stick to that we shall mm. see how long it lasts maybe you'll end up getting up at 1am to come to school so stop it don't so put you it can, past me so you can start early and get yeah. it all done stick within my rules yeah <laughs> ah but i left my computer at school at five doesn't count yeah um, um that's the first one have you got anything around i've got some resolutions i or? do I, I mean i definitely do think that we're grown-ups and the thing when things get difficult we're still making choices, mm, and mm. so we can make choices differently. And we have there's, there's a bit of ego attached with the idea of us um, working so hard and being so needed. And I think sometimes it's mm. certainly important that I give myself a reality check and ask myself how important what it is that I happen to currently be doing actually is, mm. and not taking things on beyond the things I must do. Mm. I know I did say last year, and I think it's fairly important to keep repeating this mantra, that I have to do the things I have to do before I do the things I want to do. Yeah. And this podcast is an example of that. I want to do this podcast. I don't have to do it. No. And so if I'm going to not do something, then something like this has to go first rather than me doing everything I have to do and everything I want to do and ending up with overstretched. Over, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
totally I mean I think I think we both felt that overstretched feeling a wee bit at times last year and I really hope that you managed to manage the time okay because I don't want the podcast to go (laughs) yeah no that's right we have to manage the things we have to do so that we can do the things we we want want to do do. yeah (laughs) Uh, I think I mean that that, that's definitely where my mind is at the moment right and also of course and of course I've just taken on this idea of doing all these additional podcasts (laughs) when that's gonna happen (laughs) but I'm, I'm sure I'm sure they will happen but the um other thing that I've been thinking about in relation to sort of making discriminating choices is we've just started the year and only just found out now that one of the vacancies, and I'm using the plural because there's more than one, <laughs> in our department has been filled and we've got this new colleague coming probably in about a term's time to fill one of the vacancies that we have. But we're, we're running a department at the moment with two vacancies and yes. there's only three of us at the moment. and. There's a huge amount required of us to yeah. keep things going while many classes don't have an English teacher in front of them. Mm. And there are a lot of people who are helping us out, who, who teach in other areas of the school in the interim, including our principal, who's mm. currently teaching one of those classes. Now, that's a that's a state of the profession that's not healthy, mm. and it puts pressure on us all. And while we've stuck our feet down and said, you know, I one thing I've, I mean, when we're talking about rules, I'm not going to teach another class of 100 people again. I'm not going to spend Neither. those weeks doing work that compensates for the w- lack of work of others yes, in the completely. way we did last year. Because yep. it's too it's too much and it, it kills me. Yeah. And then I don't have anything left over when mm. I get home. So. It also just it makes me feel angry or annoyed and, and I shouldn't feel yeah. like that here because I love my job and so I don't yeah. want to be put in a position where I have those sort of negative feelings again around something that I'm so passionate about. We definitely need a resentment free year. We do. Yeah. So um, I thought one of the things we should we might try and stick with this podcast is some kids, students, resolutions or mm, intentions absolutely. from Absolutely. Yeah. So if we can gather a few of those together, I think they might not it might be interesting to hear what they're thinking at this time of the year and Yeah, they always come in very bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, full of motivation at this point in the year. Yeah. They're going to do their best and try this and be part of that. Yeah. Um so I'd love to yeah, I'll collect some of those and we can add those in. Drink more water and read more. Resolutions can happen at any time of the year. New Year's doesn't mean you'll stick to it. Conquer my fear of speaking in English. I don't really have a resolution. <laughs> Jump my pony a metre 30. Keep, oh, to keep my previous one to shower every day. I have one but it failed and that was to be sugar free. <laughs> to eat better. My New Year's resolution is to be kinder. Uh, I want to get more involved in school opportunities. To be more positive. To be healthy. To get a merit endorsement. Pass level two. It's the end of house day and we find ourselves together and it's time for us to introduce Kathy, who is going to be a big part of our podcast this year. So Kathy, welcome along. Thank you very much. It's interesting when we first encountered each other today, as just before we started deciding to record, that 
we already discovered we had some different perspectives on house day and so we decided that might be a good thing for us to first talk about i might ask renee because we're in different houses how was your house day it was fantastic so for those of you um, who don't know what house day is uh, every year at starting year we get together in our four house groups for the school everyone sort of assembles at a different point around um, wanaka and we um, do a whole lot of sort of team bonding um, activities and these are usually I mean, challenges or competitions within your house groups. And then we come together at the end of the day for a big tug of war uh, face-off. And uh, I mean, I thought our house day went really well this year. We did some of the traditional activities that uh, Barker House has had every year. The egg toss is always a highlight, I think. Um, And and then we introduced some new water-based stuff this year, which was quite fun. So um, we had a great time down down at Ely Point. Great. And I could hear the great time being had by, I think, is it Paisa and Yellow? Yes. yes. Yeah, um, who were on Pembroke Park in town. So a lot of people working in the CBD would have heard squeals and shouts and um, general <laughs> fun being had. So it was a good sound. Certainly, I think 1,200 children suddenly appearing in various locations in yes. town, all dressed in these monochrome yep. costumes, must have quite an impact. Mm-hmm. I saw them all walking through town to their various locations as I came to school this morning, and there was no doubt about it that we were out and about today. Mm, nice. Mm. It's one of those things about living in a smallish but growing town is that when something happens at the school, pretty much that involves all the students and teachers that the whole town does know about it mm. because mm. of the fact that so many of us are parents are connected in some way to the yeah. to the school. I loved this morning that exact thing. I went to the, I was at the supermarket at about 7:30 getting some some of the things we need for the day. We must have just missed each other. I was there about like <laughs> just before eight. Right. So, and then I put across, came across two students who were also there doing the same thing. And that that small town feeling, mm. quiet supermarket, maybe three people in there. Most of them were us. And that 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 moment of acknowledgement, I just mm. delight in it. Mm. I, I I guess again, I don't have my own kids, but it's lovely to feel part of a community to the extent that no, where, no matter where you are in town, you often encounter someone. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's true. So house day is talk. We talk all the time about house day in terms of how it's a person coming to clean the room. I think <laughs> in terms of how it is designed to build house spirit Mm. and we have these well largely compulsory activities that the kids have to get themselves involved in and then groups aged from 11 to 18. They're reasonably physical activities a lot of the time too. Very physical kind of not necessarily a sport base but sport-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And um what were your thoughts? Yes. Well, my arriving thought today when I saw you two in your house colours, flying them proudly, um, was that whilst it is something that lots of people, students and teachers, look forward to, and there's a lot of excitement, and I can completely see the theory behind the exercise, it is not um, all that exciting for some students in particular who might find it, well, who are for a number of reasons, who might be apprehensive about being at a new school, who simply don't find those activities very easy to do for whatever reason, feel uncomfortable, um, don't like the weather, mm. um, just maybe even those who aren't or are glass half empty kind yeah. of kids. Yeah. Um, and we, I've had that experience 
as a parent um, with over the years varying levels of enthusiasm for house day mm -hmm. i think there is something to the fact that it is built up so much it's quite a lot of hype so kids have a particular idea in their head of what it might be and it may or may not meet expectations um, and it, it can be tough you know the whole i remember when one of my kids started all the friends were not in the same mm -hmm. house yeah. so there's a lot of anxiety around the fact that it was going to be a miserable day because those people were not going to be around my, right. my child. So, yeah, it's just interesting to come at it from a, a perspective of experiencing it from the exact opposite of mm. all those wonderful things it's meant to mm -hmm. um, encourage and en engage the kids around. So one of the things I say to students who may not be thrilled with the idea of the house day, especially if they're older students, is at this stage in their life in the school, they're not always participating in things only for themselves. Mm -hmm. So their role in our whanau might actually be to make it a wonderful house day for the new year sevens. Yes. And that doesn't mean being someone they're not. It might actually be that quiet member of the whanau who notices the quiet year seven mm -hmm. and ensures that they're not isolated or left alone too much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, so they... the, the the, the way of framing it with students so that they understand that they're not just there because they think it's wonderful, but perhaps they're there to make it wonderful for someone else. Mm. That's right. And then it, it does provide all sorts of opportunities like that and gives mm. them a chance to think about different hats they might wear, just like we have to every day Yeah. in life. We do. But at the same time, I don't think, I don't think there are many days, except for if you're a teacher, of most people's working lives where they're expected to be hoisted above the shoulders of 17 <laughs> of their co-workers True. put into a canoe shoved out, shoved into, out, the out into the lake is that what happened today our house is quite extreme like and <laughs> this lake is this this the the, the uh, year sevens are, caught, are treated like royalties and they have to be carried everywhere and there's yeah. a and then they have to fill up a wheelie bin using only their own clothing and a couple of car wash sponges and like there's a oh, there's a lot of sort of complexity to the challenges that they're faced with in the day and yeah. obviously there's it's, it's big, but I mean, uh, that, that's 350 young people all trying to kind of engage in a positive way with this enterprise. And yeah, I can see certainly opportunities where some students would just be absolutely overwhelmed by it. Mm. Well, they just have to make a choice. They're either along for the ride or they're not. And mm. the ride takes all different shapes, whether yeah. it's that encourager of the younger ones or it's full-on participation. Mm. Um, and ultimately, it's that's their choice isn't it and I think it's really important for us as the people that work with them on these days even from a parenting perspective and teaching perspective to encourage that role mm. that, that it's okay to be the, the quiet encourager or take yeah. someone under your wing and you know you don't have to be the person that's loud and at the front and hoisting the year seven on their shoulder but you can actually just mm. be that person that's there mm. and and that's just that you know yeah yeah the, i mean young people don't get a lot of time on their own mm. in a school environment but there are a lot of virtues to an introverted nature and i don't know if those virtues are always encouraged mm. in school i think it's quite hard to be that kid mm. um 
And what benefit do you see, or what impact, I suppose, do you see after House Day? So next week, when you turn up next week, will it feel different because you've gone through this day today? I I watched my, I have two New Year 7 students in my whānau this year, and I watched today as they started off very timid, yes. um, a little unsure, they still don't really know too many names, and by the end of the day... Um, both of them were you know running up to the senior kids and and um, bouncing off each other with the tug of war and they kind of had had um, they obviously are extroverted in nature um, but they were really you know they, they kind of came alight they had mm. you know they had a bit of confidence behind them um, so that for me was what I saw today and we'll see if that continues next week I suppose I think one of the things that schools that run along traditional models, which we largely do mm. find difficult, is to get cross-phase interaction happening between students. Yes, the school might be one location and uh, a, a, they're, they're, there's a seven-year age range, but to have meaningful interactions occur between an 11-year-old and, say, a 16-year-old, you have to construct something to, to encourage that. Mm. It, it doesn't actually occur as a natural part of their school day because they're learning mm. largely in an age group. Mm-hmm. And so one of the reasons that I think this can be useful is it starts to build mm. and establish those relationships between young people who are at very different stages in their own development and lives mm-hmm. and, and helps them to somewhat get outside of themselves mm-hmm. because their older ones are looking towards how they might meet some needs for younger students. And younger students are getting access to kind of the, 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 the sensibility of a slightly older student. Mm. And they get to see teachers in a different light yeah. as well. Yeah, and I think that's a bonus. Right. I mm. can bust out my little red short shorts. <laughs> I saw you on the field today and I was like, yep, there are the signature shorts. Yeah. They're out and about. <laughs> now, one of the year sevens in my whānau came up to me and said, you look like like one of those volleyballers. <laughs> That's brilliant. And I thought, yeah, I'll, I'm I'm good with that. Like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also, one of the things that often crosses my mind is that we ask so much of kids as teachers, mm-hmm. not just in these house day situations, but day to day. We really demand that they put themselves into places of jeopardy and try and thrive in that place. And I sometimes wonder what it must be like for parents to surrender their children to the school institution and Mm. us as personalities and individuals, short shorts notwithstanding, and have to kind of trust that Mm. what we do with the child is... Is, is, a, is a positive thing. Yeah. What it is that mind. like? It can be hard to let go. Mm. And that's everything from the first day when they go off for their first day of high school to, to the last, I suppose, because there's so many different experiences in between. And whether it's something physical like a, a camp experience, that is even more um, anxiety-laden for parents right. um, when they're really away and out of our control. But just knowing what challenges they might be facing in a particular day, or actually not knowing. That's actually the hardest part, is not being able to picture what does happen in classrooms. Um, Because you're a lot closer to them in primary school, and there's this gulf once they go off to high school, at least in this scenario where the school is so much bigger, it pulls from the whole catchment area, number of different primary schools, and there's just so much that we don't know. So you don't know what you don't know, Mm. and that's, it's that loss of, control even if you're not a controlling parent Mm. it's nice to know if you're an engaged parent you tend to know 
what the general feel and schedule is and you've had years to get used to it. So you have to get used to something all over again. Mm -hmm. And I certainly found when my first child started at this school, there was a lot I felt I had to advocate for if, you know, if she didn't do it herself, which she grew into being able to over time. Um, there was just a lot of information that I lacked and that's something that I think parents would find helpful but sometimes we have to speak up to say what it is we don't know mm. you might presume we know things mm. and we're just waiting for someone to tell us I know we've talked as teachers in this podcast before about how much information we feel goes out into mm. a empty void yeah. that we feel like we're informing yes. and I, I know that Kathy you and I have talked about this mm. and that while we're producing the information it's not always accessible to parents yeah or and, and it is up to us I feel it's our responsibility to be informed and engage as much as we can um, and that's why and we've talked before about the reports and how mm. incredibly valuable I find those because it gives me that little window into the world of what is happening at school mm. and also the the way school is well the way kids are taught these days um, with NCEA and the standards and everything I mean, I clearly grew up in a different country with a different system, but even Kiwis from a generation ago were taught differently from the way kids are taught today. And so there's just a lot of lack of information, lack of knowledge about how things actually happen and how kids are expected to progress and yeah, just what skills and tools they might need. Mm. And so how do, we, how do we equip them for the journey in our part of it um, so that they can go off and do the rest with you guys mm. is, is the hard part. I've made attempts at times, for example, I've held open classrooms where mm. I've said, come and see what's happening in the classroom, get an idea of what the classroom's like. And mm. I must admit, I find it very difficult to get much uptake when I make those gestures. Sometimes they say, Oh, if I'd ever heard it, I would have been there. But yeah, um, but yeah I think that's a great idea. Mm. And I personally, I can see the value in it, but. We could ever send the parents to school day. Yeah. Uh, all of them, make yeah. them all go. It's interesting because obviously everybody knows we have our blogging website system and I'll always send the link home to parents quite multiple times in a year and it's often I often have this feeling at the end of the email thinking I wonder how many actually click on that and follow it through and have a look mm. um, and access the information. You know, our, cl our classroom is almost all there. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, I, I think, yeah, Chris is right, the uptake is, is often maybe lacking sometimes. Yeah. Well, we feel it. That's but, a feeling. Yeah. But, but we're not asking, and don't don't require parents to give us feedback on everything. <laughs> yeah. No, you wouldn't want that. No. 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 Um, and it's, I don't look. I feel like we're taking a real downward spiral with this whole tone here. But mm. you know, in reality, I think there's a lot of trust from parents as we send our kids off to school. Yeah. And there is a certain level of, of expectation that it's a um, you know everything's okay and they're being looked after and mm. they're learning and. Most important to me is that they love to learn or that they, they're learning to love to learn. Mm. And so when the, my frustrations come when I see the system not encouraging that because um, I know that's probably at the heart of what you want to do as well. Um, but it, so it's kind of finding, navigating your way through so that actually happens whilst jumping through the hoops and ticking the boxes that seem to have to be done. I think the role of teacher can feel quite vulnerable to some teachers. I think not only do you have your, your groups of 25 or 30 students that you have to satisfy, but also then you have to satisfy each of the families of those students. And 
if you're and, and you don't always have not every day is a confident day and I, mm. and, and the, the expectations that exist of, of our work are appropriate and 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 we must assume those that the responsibility that's placed on us but I, I also sometimes think that we may be quite closed to criticism because we feel vulnerable mm. and, mm. and we're reluctant to share too much mm. and at the same time my efforts at sharing which have been reasonably extensive <laughs> over the years, have yeah. never made me feel worse, yeah. uh, even if yeah. people haven't agreed. Like it's, yeah. Actually, I think we could learn to be more open. I think there could yeah. be more interaction between parents and teachers. I think both families and schools need to be holding each other to account as mm. well with children. The children, we, none of us actually own them. and. No. And, um, and I think it's okay that we sometimes speak up if we have concerns, mm. either, either direction. Mm. I, I think sometimes there's a bit of an unknown about what happens to a student when they go home and vice versa. Absolutely. And I don't think it need be like that. Well, I don't think... It depends on parents' relationships with their kids too, but we don't necessarily as parents have the tools to have those conversations. Mm. You know, in some ways, you guys are probably better equipped to to actually communicate directly with our children. You spend more time with them than we do. We, some, I think we do sometimes spend more time in a highly engaged state with them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, sleeping doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> and feeding. Um, yeah, well, yeah. And, and, yeah, they come home and sort of are comatose because they've given you, they, they actually give their best to you, yeah. I have to say. I do feel like, I've often said, I feel like yeah. we get a privileged yeah. position in their lives. Yeah. And it is, and I do see it because I obviously see them when they're with their parents, and so, and quite often the art, the character is quite different. Yes, absolutely, they'll be yeah. And invariably, they're a lot less open. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say they are quite often a little bit more sheepish or like you know reserved or something. But yeah, um, yeah, mm, yeah, it's true. There's yeah. such a. But who else are you going to, you know, find who will talk about your child with you at length in the supermarket? Oh, you know, yeah. So. I still love it. I love it. And that's the thing for me because I endlessly want to talk about the kids. And at least I know that the parent of the actual child that they're going to want to talk about them too. That's right. And and that's happened for us, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. One of the beauties of the small town is the supermarket interactions. Yeah. 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 The impromptu parent interviews. Yeah. 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 I just think it's the best thing. We obviously could talk forever. And Feels like we have it already. Would just keep yeah. rolling, and there'd be something else that will come up. Yeah, but but we've got all year, so I think I think we we we, we could put a lid on it at this point. And, Agreed. And um, we really look forward to extending the conversations alongside the the way things unravel as or evolve as the year pro, pro, uh, progresses. Like the idea of everything unraveling as the year progresses, <laughs> probably so it more. Just be a pile of thread on the ground. <laughs> probably yes. more accurate, actually. It's very early for that. Yeah. <laughs> let's try to weave some things first. Yeah. Shall let's we? not let's not start contemplating its unraveling <laughs> on day one. No. Evolve. Let's go with evolve. It's yeah. got more positive connotations. Perfect. Awesome. So thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Lovely to, Lovely to speak. This is Anna. It's 2020 and we're looking ahead at a brand new year. I suppose at the beginning of every new year there's an opportunity to reflect but there's also an opportunity to look look forward. We've talked about resolutions. Obviously you're making new resolutions but it's really interesting to do it in the southern hemisphere where it's warm and sunny 
sun shines around you, there's positivity anyway around you. I'm usually making resolutions in the northern hemisphere where it's dark and it's a wee bit cold and sometimes a bit oppressive and the last thing I want to do is make New Year's resolutions about positive changes, maybe to do with exercise, maybe to do with diet, maybe to do with personality. I think my resolutions this year are definitely to have commitment to the job that I am in currently and to be the best I can be at what I'm currently doing. Maybe I don't want to be a TA for all of my life, but I definitely want to be the best TA that I can be. As a TA, which is a teacher's assistant, I'm spending a lot of time with a variety of kids. With that, I would like to think of them coming to me if they do need help as an intermediary between the staff, between their parents and school. I'd also like to think about looking for the positive. I think at the world, in the world at the moment, we're surrounded by negativity and it's really easy to get embroiled and engrossed in the negative things that are happening in life. I believe that we should look for the positive and I really need to focus on the positive, even if it's a tiny wee chink of light um, that you can only see in the dark of darknesses. I want to look at the positive. I also want to ask the question why. As a kid in school, I suppose, I was never asked my opinion particularly. I was always told things as fact and never really asked to question things and question things a lot. And even as an adult, now I tend to listen to the information that's been delivered to me and not question too heavily. I have two wee boys that are questioning me constantly and it makes me reflect on, well, well why do I believe this? And maybe throw the question back at them. Well, why, what do you think? Ask their opinion as well. So I'm going to spend more time this year asking the question why and think to myself about what I truly believe in. Happy New Year. This was an episode of See Me After Class with Renee and Chris. My Twitter handle is at edutronic underscore net. And mine is at Renee Plunkett too. See you next week. <laughs>